Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott here, back again to do another episode of the Knollcast. Uh, Bud, uh, this will be the final kind of uh, instant reaction type of podcast that we've done. When I say that, I don't mean so much the event, but rather the audio quality. I appreciate you guys being there with us as we've uh, gone through an editor slash uh, producer search. Hope to have somebody on board by the time of the next podcast. This uh, will hopefully result in a little better levels, uh, audio quality in general for you, and also the return of the theme songs, something that uh, everybody can be excited about. Uh, as for us, always excited to be able to record a Nolcast and always be, uh, always excited and fortunate to be able to pair with the people of Louisiana Hot Sauce. Three simple ingredients, one fantastic product, uh, tip of the hat to the people at New Iberia as always, and a thank to them for what they've done for the Nolcast and the support that you, the listener, have given them. Um, Bud, with that, let's transition our focus almost exclusively to a recruiting podcast. Uh, we'll have this be, hopefully, will be evergreen. We'll be doing another podcast uh, within the next 36 hours or so as a full recap of what the 2020 class looked like. But uh, we'll do this to kind of talk about what's out there, uh, what could be for 2020, and also uh, give people some updates, uh, some pretty positive ones. Uh, when it comes to what's being done on the 2021 class. Let, let's do that. So uh, Florida State enters National Signing Day. We're recording this uh, on Tuesday morning with uh, with a class rank of 20th. Currently have 23 uh, commitments. That's not too bad. Um, not anything to get super excited about, but, but not, not too bad. I, I feel like this is a, a class that is going uh, – Fairly well relative to expectations. We'll talk about those expectations a little bit later on in the show. Uh, so, yeah, 23 current commitments, uh, class rank of 20th on the 24-7 sports uh, composite. Kind of within striking distance of Miami, by the way. Miami sits there at 17th, so, you know, that's that's not that far off from the Canes. Um, not going to catch, catch Florida or, or Clemson. At this point, although I, I, I can report that Clemson is almost certainly not uh, going to end up with the number one class for this year, so that's slipping. Uh, yeah, yeah, really, really letting things go very much. Um, they, they only ended up with five five stars, not six. Uh, that that could be the death knell there, as as some other schools <laughs> might end up getting a couple more. Um, that's the sign we've been looking for, definitely. Uh, yeah. So Florida State has. I don't know what five or six targets left on its board. I guess if if you want to if you want to kind of think of it in in that way, um, one of them is still technically committed uh, to them, and a couple others are are prospects we think they like. Uh, maybe one we'll see what happens with another kid if, if they decide to offer this dude. But let's go and start with Malachi Weidman, who uh, the, the the receiver. He's the second best player in your class at this point, um, and. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I don't think he's going to sign with Florida State. Uh, I don't have perfect inside information on that. But, look, the kid is committed to you verbally. Uh, however, he uh, did not take a visit to you after the early signing period. He went and saw Ole Miss. He went and saw Oregon. He went and saw Tennessee. Um Apparently, Florida State has not been able to sell him and get him to lock it down as of this point. And, uh, I mean, look, he's one of the very few high-level players in your class at this point. He's, he's 
one of the only two that are rated inside the top 125 in your class, the other being Demory Tate, who, you know, is, is a top 40 guy nationally. Um, look, that would be a blow to the class for sure. I, I If you lose Wyman, you're probably not going to finish with the top 20 class because you, you pull him out of there and you replace him with some random three-star, which is basically all Florida State's left with at this point, your class ranking is is going to drop. Wyman is a, is a – I mean, I'll talk about his skills here just for a minute because if they do sign him, then people are going to want to know. He's freaky, man. I mean, he's 6'4", 180, a legitimate basketball prospect. Maybe, maybe not good enough to, like, play a lot for Florida State basketball, but he's a legitimate guy who I think would be on the team. Um, can jump out of the gym – Catches the ball fairly well as far as going up to get it and is raw, is a raw player football-wise who is just continually getting better. Uh, really a, a, a very special player. At this point, I, I would have to guess Tennessee for him, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure where he's going. I will tell you, it, it, it's not like Florida State believes that he's locked down and, and is, is going to stick with him. Yeah, Wideman's a name that we've certainly talked enough about, uh, explosive athlete, uh, kid that maybe the basketball team's able to uh, help you with some selling points, but uh, for the most part, looks like he's looked around and, and will be uh, looking around when it comes to making his decision. The next two kids are two kids that you're kind of in uh, individual school battles with. Maybe one, uh, there'll be a third if they are able to find room. Uh, talking about T.J. Davis and uh, D.J. Lundy, uh, two defensive prospects. Davis is more kind of a Georgia Tech-Florida State battle. Uh, Lundy is Virginia Tech-Florida State. Um, that could be subject to change if Georgia is able to find room. Um, I personally don't think that will happen uh, for Lundy. Uh, but uh, these are two kids that are uh, – I don't want to belittle them. They're quality players, and they're being recruited by Florida State, which is a lifelong dream of mine that never came to fruition. So good for these guys. But, um, you know, none of the kids that we're going to talk about that are really left on the border are, quote-unquote, game changers at this point. And again, I, I want to be respectful to them. But um, let's not, you know, let's not lose our mind over the last two to three to four people on the board with a realization that uh, they'd be nice pieces. But not necessarily pieces that you're going to kind of build this recovery based off of. Right. So, look, it, you have to fill some holes in this class. Clearly, Florida State believes that it needs another another linebacker. That, that's why it's going after Lundy. Lundy is a thumper. He's a, he's a, a good athlete for his size. I mean, six foot, two and a quarter. Very accomplished wrestler, by the way. I, I know you're a big fan of the wrestlers. And, like, he does have some of those wrestler traits when you watch him, the the balance, uh, the the ability to get guys on the ground, I I like what I see out of him. Um, I don't think he's a phenomenal athlete as far as like ability to go sideline to sideline. Now maybe, maybe I'll be wrong about that, but I think he's a dude who I I don't think would be a bad take in the class. Um, now you're right. Does UGA have room for him? We'll see. If, if things break wrong for UGA, maybe. But at this point, like if he called up UGA and said, hey, can I get in this class right now? I'm not sure UGA would say, yeah, you're in. Mm-hmm. They might say, yeah, what if you were one of those guys that signs in the afternoon and not a morning signing? Because then we'll, we'll kind of see if we have room for you in this class. The other competition there, like you mentioned, is Virginia Tech. And 
they've been on him for for longer uh, than those other schools have. We'll, we'll see. But I, I think there's a decent chance Florida State ends up with D.J. Lundy. I think that's a fine take. Um, and T.J. Davis, it, your, your kid out of, out of Metter, Georgia, he's listed as an outside backer. Uh, I think he would kind of play that, like, flash position in, in this new defense or whatever you want to call it. Um, sort of your, your hybrid outside backer uh, defensive end. Florida State needs pass rushers in the worst way. I mean, they really failed to get him in the early signing period. Uh, just – Gosh, I'm trying to think about it. like who from this class do you project to really rush off the edge for you? Josh Griffiths, maybe. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of struggling here. So you really, <laughs> you really need uh, some some guys to to rush the passer off the edge, even if they're not huge difference makers there. Uh, I think it makes sense for Florida State to roll the dice on somebody who shows some explosive ability off the edge. If he was super polished, he wouldn't be uh, you know, outside the top 1,000 prospects nationally. But Davis does show some explosion off the edge, some ability to get after the passer. I know they'll continue to work with him and see if they can develop him into somebody who can affect the quarterback at the college level. Um, 6'3", 230, so he's not incredibly long, but I He's a dude who I think that they're fairly hopeful can be something. So can they beat out Georgia Tech for him? I, my guess is is yes. I, I think Florida State has a good chance to end up getting uh, Davis and Lundy at this point. Um, but I don't know that it's 100% a lock. Fair enough. Uh, two kids that we'll continue to monitor and hopefully have positive updates uh, when we do our final look back on the class. Uh, two Georgia kids there, as we noted, transitioned to a uh, Louisiana prospect that we've talked about a good bit over the past four or five weeks. Uh, Donovan Kaufman is uh, somebody that still officially remains uh, committed to, to Vanderbilt, I believe, at least uh, at least in, in profile status, if nothing else. Um, maybe Ole Miss is the other other main source of competition when it comes uh, to the services of Kaufman? Yeah, I, I guess technically Vanderbilt too, but yeah, Ole Miss is, is going to be the, the main competition there. He ended up not taking the Baylor visit. Um, we, we've discussed Kaufman before on this show in that, yes, he's not somebody who is um, you know, a, a four-star type prospect, but he's definitely a player out of Metairie, which if you haven't been to Metairie, it's sort of outside um, outside New Orleans there. Uh, Just on the other side of Pontchartrain, is it not? Yeah, pretty near the airport. Um, so, like, he's a guy who a lot of these really good programs were keeping warm on the back burner, right? Like, he's not a kid that LSU was going to take because LSU's going to sign a top five class. But he's a dude that I know LSU staff liked. And I know that because he was one of the first offers that Dave Aranda, the new head coach at Baylor, who was the LSU defense coordinator, offered as soon as he got to uh, to, to Baylor. And that's sort of a similar thing here with, with some of these other guys who have left these schools and gone to some of the more uh, Tier 2 schools, if you have you know heard me talk about that on the recent episode. So he's a dude I think can really help you. We, we compared him a little bit to, uh, to Honey Badger, Actually, in, in Teron Matthew, who won a Super Bowl, uh, what, Sunday night? I think he had Derek Naughty. Shot with him. Yeah. 
Oh, oh yeah. That, uh, did you see Derek Nottie? Um, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm just reading also, where I think 51 dogs have been adopted now because of yeah, uh, so because of what this. he's done. What I, I saw a headline, but I wasn't I wasn't exactly sure what it meant. What what happened? Yeah, so Naughty, uh, man, <laughs> excuse me, still fighting a still fighting a cold here that won't go away. Uh, Naughty is just a, a pretty cool individual, one of the one of the better guys that's come through the program recently. Uh, and I'd be saying this whether or not he he chose to uh, put the resources necessary to waive the adoption fee for pets or not. Uh, but a, a great guy also gives you an idea as to the type of kid that Florida State was able to go and get from out of state for a period of time, which is uh, really impressive and hasn't happened in a, in a while. But uh, uh, Derek Naughty has uh, basically agreed to waive the adoption fee for any pet, uh, I believe, for the next 30 days uh, from the Kansas City, um, not the Humane Society. But uh, look, if, if you're in that area of the country, you can look for the exact details. Uh, the broad strokes are that Derek Naughty – um, basically waived all the fees associated for pet adoption. Uh, and it's just a really cool individual and a uh, great thing to see him do. Uh, and obviously he's been em- embraced by the people of Kansas City. And, um, oh, by the way, played a, played a pretty damn good Super Bowl too. So uh, great to see him doing big things. And uh, Cam Irving, while not playing, was uh, seemingly involved in almost uh, every celebration. So uh, Irving making his, uh, his own contribution to the cause. That's that's awesome, man. Very cool. All right. Um, so, with Kaufman, I I think Florida State would definitely take Kaufman. Um, now, I of the, of the opinion that you are fairly good at DB right now. I don't know that you have to take another DB if you're Florida State. I think the staff disagrees with me a little bit. I think they really want to get one more DB in this class. But, you know, you... Think about who you already have on campus. Now, Green McKnight may end up being more of like a hybrid backer, but you have Tate, you have Gant, you have Woody, you have Bolden, you have uh, Green, you have Dent, you have Jay, you have you have Jarvis Brownlee, who I know we both liked a lot. Um, you still have Asante Samuel. You still have uh, Jaden. If, if he goes back to playing safety, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I mean, this is like... This is a roster. You don't have Samuels anymore, but I I understand the need to like I, I understand why the staff would would think that they need more, but I'm just not convinced that they that they have to take another guy there. Um, I I would almost rather save a scholarship and go after and get get a you know get a bad dude next year if I can um, but I I get it so if you want to take Coffin I don't really have a problem with it the interesting pivot point to me in this will be what if you don't get Coffin do you go ahead and greenlight Sidney Williams who took a official visit to you over the weekend but also visited uh, Indiana over the weekend at the same time because I think Indiana is a little bit hotter on his trail right now maybe than Florida State is because Florida State is not like greenlit him with an offer do you go ahead and take Sidney Williams I don't know that's going to be interesting to monitor yeah that will be interesting uh Sidney Williams is a kid out of Mobile um kind of like a I think nationally he's ranked in the 550s just to give you an idea as to where he is a prospect uh comes from a nice high school from Mobile that produces a, a decent amount of talent um, but uh yeah yeah a kid that uh, 
a kid that we'll see whether or not it, he, he gets in the class. Uh, nothing against him, but um, I, if it were me, I might pocket the scholarship and, and put it towards next year. But uh, he is kind of the final prospect on the radar right now. We will uh, thank our friends at Madison Social here, as always. Uh, fantastic partners for us. Uh, we're kind of finalizing the details on our end uh, for the spring game. Uh, look forward to seeing as many of you guys as possible for that and uh, and our rather sizable female listening audience as well. Uh, always been a lot of fun, and, and we look forward to uh, being able to bring you final details as to what exactly that will look like in April. Uh, but for now, I want to remind everybody of the – Tallahassee wine mixer uh, that Madso and their team are putting on uh, just exceptional stuff as uh, everything that they put their name attached to. We've talked about the different levels uh, that exist, uh, the charcuterie uh, board that comes with the the VIP uh, ticket. You get uh, $60. It's a 4 p.m. start. You get unlimited wine sampling, unlimited charcuterie. Uh, unlimited of uh, the kind of Mots Fest that they're doing as well, a tent uh, totally devoted to mozzarella. Uh, so there's the VIP level and there's the general admission. Uh, we'd encourage all our listeners in the Panhandle, Tallahassee area uh, to give it a look. It is a fantastic event that I believe is the third year in a row they've done. And uh, again, want to point people in the area of the Tallahassee wine mixer. All right, bud. So Williams is kind of the final prospect on the board. We mentioned this earlier and I don't, I don't want to belabor the point. Solid prospects, happy for these kids, regardless of where they go. Um, but again, to put it in perspective, if we were doing this a couple months ago, if we were doing this in the early signing period, uh, we would certainly be talking about these guys, but they, they would not be the first names out of our, our mouths by any means. So, uh, I hope that Florida State fans can appreciate the class that's been put together. Uh, in our opinion, it sounds like uh, it's a class that they're still going to add to. But I, I would not lose your mind over the the final destination of uh, some of these last prospects. It's uh, it's a it's an odd year. It's a transition year, and for the most part, we're talking about kids that are ranked somewhere between 350 and 500th uh, nationally. So um, good prospects, but uh, uh, not exactly super elite either at the same time yeah and the only guy who's even top 400 is Wyden. i mean everybody else is sort of in that 400 500 600 900 unranked range i mean it, even if florida state struck out on signing day literally if they signed zero more players from a talent standpoint i don't think it matters to this roster at all from a depth standpoint from a number standpoint i clearly think it would matter but you're right none of these guys they could sign are going to be top 10 players in this class at least by the rankings. None. The top 10 players they signed in this class were all signed in the early signing period. If all these dudes were early signing period, we would be kind of glossing over them to some extent and focusing on the kids who are better football players. Uh, which sounds kind of depressing, right? Like that's not probably what people want to hear, but that's the truth. However, let's also take a look at this and see, is, is Mike Norvell doing a good job in this early signing period recruiting thing. We know this is a very tough gig, and this is something I was worried about, uh, and especially worried about making more coaching changes and whatnot. So I went ahead and pulled up, here are the top 10 recruiting classes by the rankings in the early signing period era for transition classes. And by transition classes, I mean classes that have a new head coach. So I went ahead and struck what Jimmy Lake is going to do this year probably at Washington because he was an in internal promotion. And I struck 
Ohio State's Ryan Day class because, again, he was an internal promotion. So here we go. Right now, Florida State's 20th. I think they'll finish 20th the round there if they, when they lose Weidman or if they lose Weidman, they'll drop some. Um, but here we go. Willie Taggart's Florida State class in 2018, 11th. Cristobal's Oregon class, 13th. Dan Mullen's Florida class, 14th. Jimbo's A&M class, 17th. Chip Kelly's UCLA class, 19th. Jeremy Pruitt's Tennessee class, 21st. Scott Frost's Nebraska class, 23rd. Manny Diaz, last year's class, 27th. Now, I, I'm going to list 11 here because I don't know if we want to count Diaz because technically he was not an internal promotion because he did come from the outside when he was the head coach of Temple for like three He did three go days. to Temple for four days, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, North Carolina under Mac Brown, 30th. Mel Tucker, Colorado, 44th. And Jeff Collins, Georgia Tech, 50th. So literally, if they finish 20th, that would still be like the seventh best Early or sixth best, sixth sixth best early signing period class for a transition school of all time. Now, of all time, it just means three classes. So let's not get over our skis here too much. But it's not out of out of whack with what we've seen big time schools sign when they make a coaching change, right? I mean, that's yeah. What Willie had a lot more excitement behind him and got a better quality of player in that 2018 class. And it would be nice to have kept Knighton or Weidman or some of the true impact guys as opposed to like depth filler guys, which is most of what this class is. But this is not out, this is not out of whack, right? The issue is not, hey, we're hating on, on Florida State's class. No, the issue is when you fire your coach in the early signing period era, be prepared to have a pretty underwhelming class. So you're going to take a very limited amount of talent and then – you have to realize you're probably going to have extreme attrition levels out of this class. I mean, if, if half of these guys make it to year three, awesome, right? Like that's, I, I think, like if, if you told, if you gave this staff some truth serum and said, hey, guess what? You're going to sign 26 guys. 14 of those 26 are going to be here by their junior year. You think they take it? Yeah. And second yeah, question, do. you think they should take it? Again, uh, yeah, I do. I do. Uh, we're, we're not the biggest window when it comes to history studying this, but uh, just from our conversations and reading the stuff you've done, uh, yeah, if, if you can get a, a 50% plus hit rate in a transition class like this, particular one where you're a true newbie, you're not, uh, you know, you're not an internal promotion, you're not a Cristobal, you're not a Diaz, uh, where you're really coming in and, and evaluating kind of a blank slate when it comes to these prospects, uh, I think those are big numbers that, the Florida State would take at this point. By the way, I totally should have struck Cristobal on there because he wasn't internal. You're right. Um, to answer my own question, I think they absolutely should take it if they could guarantee that. Now, would they take it? In my experience, most coaches think that they will be the one who are going to create the outlier, right, and that are, that are much better <laughs> than, you know. Pretty pretty, pretty standard thinking in, in that line of uh, work, but you're I don't I – don't, I'm not demeaning what you're saying, but that is pretty much coach's it. thought point on everything. Yeah. Yeah. You I do. Mean, if you don't you have, do that, have to have it. Incredible belief. You may not be successful, but realistically, like believe in yourself, but also plan on reality. Um, speaking of reality, reality is that the mortgage process can be difficult. It can be confusing. If you have somebody to help guide you through this, like I did, 
Resolution Home Loans, Shannon Young, they're going to help you get the best possible mortgage. 844-FSU-LOAN or FSUHomeLoans.com. Over 40 NOLCAST members have used Resolution Home Loans for their loan. They're extremely happy with it. I love sending out the t-shirts as soon as they, as soon as Shannon tells me, hey, this, this is done. Let's get these folks some shirts. And I do it. Also throw a little Louisiana hot sauce koozie in there. Cross promotion with the sponsors. Look, why, why should you go to Resolution? It's expertise. It's great customer service. It's someone you can trust. And it's competitive rates and understanding when to move in the market. 844-FSU-LOAN or FSUHomeLoans.com. Making moves in the market. Uh, always good to hear your perspective and your unique perspective having worked directly with uh, with Resolution. Uh, Florida State making their own moves. 2021 class is kind of, uh, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, kind of the, the area of focus at this point. Uh, give the staff their first real full class and full recruiting cycle. And by all counts, uh, yeah, they've been doing work and will continue to do work. Uh, Luke Altmeyer is a kid who became official yesterday, a uh, three-star prospect out of Mississippi. Wouldn't get too worked out as to how many stars he's got next to his name right now. Uh, a guy whose stock has risen significantly over the last uh, couple of months, a prospect. But uh, according to, to both of our sources, the staff is exceptionally high on, uh, made a priority, made him feel like a priority, and uh, went ahead and, and secured a, a pretty impactful commitment. Yeah, this is a player, we talked about him two episodes ago or three. Uh, I, I know for a fact the staff is very high on Altmaier. This is a player who they went out and targeted. Uh, they thought they had a chance with him. Um, I think he's a guy who has a legitimate chance at a rankings bump. Um, he makes a lot of throws. I would say his arm, and I have not seen him in person. At least if I have, I haven't. I don't remember, so maybe I saw him as a sophomore. But uh, he seems to be able to make all the throws from watching his huddle tape. I would say the arm is good. His production is extremely good. I mean, he's like almost a 70% passer. Uh, the main thing in watching his highlights that, that I'm impressed with is that he does seem to be hitting guys in stride consistently. And that's something – that's just sort of that spatial awareness and hand talent in my opinion, that, that you have to combine to hit players in stride. Knowing how much air to put under the ball, how much to lead them, or lack of air to put under the ball sometimes, right? Like being able to, to throw the football to create yards after the catch. Like yards after the catch are also a quarterback stat, right? It's it's a receiver stat, but it's also a quarterback stat, sort of like how sacks are, at least at, at the NFL level. In college, I think we're still kind of learning – Statistically, if uh, if sacks are more of a QB stat or a um, or an O line stat, my, my guess is there's some relation to both. But Altmaier, he's not he's not huge. I mean, 6'2", 190, depending on where you look. That's sort of the, maybe the midline of his measurements. Uh, I don't think that quarterback height is an enormous deal if you're over that six foot mark. It's pretty annoying when all these parents, these five ten kids, tell me their kids the next Russell Wilson. I'm like, yeah, I mean. You're pointing out Russell Wilson to me because Russell Wilson stands out, right? Like he's kind of right, unique because there aren't there aren't too many others to point out exactly. Right. Oh well, Kyler Murray now too. So now now we got a twofer. Yeah, um, yeah, because a lot of people have the genetics of Kyler Murray. That's a, that's a good point of uh, of comparison to make. Indeed, indeed, uh, and and yes, 
Uh, I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say that thing that I was going to say. Um, yeah, so he had a great visit. I know the staff likes him a whole lot. The accuracy component is there. He hits guys in stride, seems to know where he's going with the football. Uh, he really trusts his arm quite a bit. Uh, so that some of these throws, I, I wonder if he's playing in South Florida if they don't get picked off. Uh, but that could be something that I think you just have to learn and adapt to. Uh, right now, he is a three-star prospect. I, I would say that, and you guys know me, I don't just throw this, hey, this kid's going to get a bump uh, like maybe some other people who cover Florida State do. Not everybody who FSU signs is going to get a bump or deserves a bump. But I, I think Altmaier legitimately is going to have a chance to end up as a four-star quarterback. He's already kind of on the cusp of it at, at, at this point. Um, I think he's rated, what, 390 or something like that at this point. And there's usually about 360, 370, four and five stars. So you'd only have to go up about 20 spots to uh, to, to get that bump. And, and he's a player who I, I think, look, he profiles as he has enough height. I mean, he's not he's not one of these borderline 6'0 kids. I think he's probably legit 6'2". Um, he's got an okay build. He's not crazy skinny. He's a multi-sport guy. We know he plays baseball as well. His numbers are there. Um, he also, I think he won the MVP at the New Orleans Elite 11 Regional. I did not go to that event, and I don't know what other quarterbacks were there, so I don't want to be like, oh, Elite 11 MVP at that regional, because, I mean, if the other participant was Ingram Smith, then I just, I don't know who went to the event. But I'll dig into that more. Uh, if there's a lot of really top kids there, then hell, uh, that's that's pretty encouraging. If he gets an Elite 11 invite, uh, I'm sure I'll be, like, to actually do it, you know, out, out there at Cali, uh, I'll, I'll go to that for sure, be able to see him in person. Or if he plays on a seven-on team, uh, I'm sure I'll be able to see him some over the summer or if he makes the opening. So basically what I'm trying to say here with a, a lot of statement <laughs> is uh, is that I'll, I'll probably be able to see this kid in person some, which is pretty cool. Hopefully I'll, I'll like what I see. Um, now – how did Florida State get him? So Mississippi State did take another quarterback. This dude is from from like outside of Starkville. Uh, Mississippi State apparently offered another kid. Florida State also recently offered some other quarterbacks in the 2021 class. It wouldn't surprise me if they try to take two quarterbacks every year. Uh, but I also, my guess is there's some strategy behind offering those kids so shortly after he came and visited too. Which is sort of to say, hey, like if you want on, let's get with the getting, you know. Um, we're, we're, we like you, but but like you're not a top ten player in the country. We're gonna wait, you know, all day and night for. Like if you want to be our guy, you want you want to get on. Let's let's go. Uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully he will stick there. And it looks like Mike Morvell has had a lot of success recruiting high school quarterbacks so far, which. Uh, he has already signed two, so he's way up on Willie, uh, two to nothing there in terms of the high school quarterbacks. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you saw this. We got a couple of emails on this, the conspiracy theories about uh, uh, how Willie was purposefully not signing a quarterback in order to uh, basically clear a spot to sign his son, who did end up signing with him at FAU. Uh, guarantee you that is not the case, but it is hilarious nonetheless. Uh, not... Not true, but yeah. funny. Yeah, prom promise you that's not the case. And uh, <laughs> good luck to Taggart's son. Hell of a ball player in his own right, and probably not the easiest process that he just uh, lived through over the past 18 months either. I hope that kid has a lot of success and 
uh, by all accounts, he probably deserves it. So, um, good good on him and, and good luck to him. Uh, Brandon Jennings is a, a name that we talked about a couple podcasts in a row now. A super talented prospect. Uh, father is uh, Bradley Jennings. I made a reference to this. Um, Bradley Jennings tackled Dan Kendra in a spring game. It was one of the more influential moments in Florida State football as it broke Bobby Bowden's uh, gosh, I think he had six starters, maybe seven starters in a row uh, that were in the process and uh, that were in the system program until their redshirt uh, junior year. Uh, Jennings unintentionally altered the course of history, and that was uh, that was a big moment in time. But Brandon Jennings is a son, a uh, really talented prospect, uh, type of prospect that Florida State needs to sign and and hasn't been involved with from a linebacker's perspective. This talented a kid. Um, probably four years, in my opinion, just a quick look back. Uh, so I don't love the term bell cow, but uh, you would potentially have that with uh, with Altmeyer and Jennings on either side of the ball if you are able to get a Jennings commitment. Uh, I don't know that Jennings will ever be a five-star prospect, but he's probably going to live, and you're better at this than I am, but in my opinion, he's probably going to live in that kind of 40 to 75 area uh, when it comes to national ranking uh, in a an elite prospect and a, a big time kid uh, that Florida State hasn't been involved with this type of prospect this early in the in the process in a while. So um, we're we're we are uh, are are conservative when it comes to handing out a bunch of optimism pills uh, in general. But I I think this is a this is a, a nice little step in the process. This is the type of prospect that you got to get uh, if you're Norvell and, and company. And by all accounts, uh, looks like they may be. Uh, kind of on the verge of doing that. Offer list is very impressive here uh, for Jennings. Florida State, obviously. Miami, who signed his, his brother, who was considered a, a, a lesser prospect than he is. Um, Clemson, Auburn, um, LSU, Michigan, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Penn State, uh, South Carolina, Stanford. I don't know why I put South Carolina in there. Texas, Texas A&M, and USC. So, look, this is a, a very good football player. Um, I don't know. I, I think I agree with you. I do not think he's going to end up as a five-star because I, I don't know if he has that, like, quick twitch, play in space. No doubt he's going to be a three-down backer even if he puts on ten more pounds of muscle type kit. It's just it's hard to be a five-star linebacker unless you are just really really freakishly athletic um you know what i mean but like like and i think he's very athletic i don't know that he's like freak 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 athletic um, mm -hmm. however he is super productive he has great instincts he's very strong he is athletic he understands how to play the game i think he's a dude who i mean he could he could start for you as a freshman potentially and be like you know, a dude who has 200 tackles in three years. Uh, I just, five stars are dudes who have like huge first round potential and we'll see. Um, I, I think he's a dude, if he stays healthy, could easily be an NFL football player. Um, and certainly right now he's you know, t a top, what, top six, top eight player in the state. Um, He's going to be one of the best players in, in the state, no doubt. He's, he's at Sandalwood, and he's committing this Friday. So, Florida State looks pretty good for that. I, I expect Florida State to land him on Friday. And, 
like that would be a, a really nice week for the 2021 class. And we just got done talking about, hey, like the, the rest of this 2020 class, whatever, it's a bunch of three stars. We know on average those kids are not going to work out for you, um, although some will. But now we're going to talk about some prospects that are actually good, actually relevant on a little bit more national scale. And this is a good sign if you're a Ford State fan, if you're a Mike Norvell guy, this is a good sign because there's not a lot that they did in that 2020 class as far as talent. Now, as far as getting some numerical stuff, yes, big fan. Getting two high school quarterbacks, I think, was, was a good trade-off instead of, instead of taking Sims. I mean, you're able to get two. That's an awesome deal. Numerically, they addressed it. Now you're talking about a little bit higher quality of prospect. You know, now, now you're talking about some guys that, look, you want to be able to sign a top 10 class this year. You want to be able to kind of get back in that mix. And hopefully Jennings is a player that I think some other people will be able to look at and say, okay, he's going to go there. I need, I need to give Florida State a pretty serious look. The hiring of a family law attorney is, is not a decision that should be taken lightly. Here at the Nolcast, we're proud to recommend Travis Johnson, attorney at law of the Metter and Johnson Law Firm. Travis Johnson is a board-certified family law attorney. That's a rarity in the state of Florida. Not many. Travis is an expert in his field with over a decade of experience. And just talking to him, you can tell he really understands the, the complex nature of family law and how important it is to get it right. Whenever there's a dispute about what time sharing or visitation schedule that parents should have with their children, a court has to determine what it believes is in the best interest of the kids. There are 20 different factors that the court has to make specific findings on when making this decision. What evidence needs to be presented to show that those factors favor your proposed visitation arrangements? Are some factors more important than others? Does the preference of the child matter? Is there a presumption for any particular schedule? Evaluating the circumstances of each case so that you can make a plan that works best for your kids is an important issue in every case. Look, this isn't super easy to talk about, but it's even harder to go, to go through and, and to deal with, and you want to have an expert on your side. We recommend Travis Johnson, 850-435-9919. That's Travis Johnson of the Metter and Johnson Law Firm, 850-435-9919. As we uh, wrap up this morning, we'll uh, transition over to a couple listener questions real quickly. Uh, Bradley asks us, as always, love what you guys do for the fan base and appreciate the extra time uh, you guys dedicate to producing a quality product for your listenership. Uh, thank you for the sponsorship of Madison Social. Uh, well, I think... Thank you to Madison Social for sponsoring us. Uh, but Bradley writes on his recent visit to Tallahassee, he got a great meal, fantastic time uh, visiting Madso and Township, and would highly recommend it uh, to everybody, whether they're uh, local to Tallahassee or not. Uh, his question is, should we expect the Armwood curse to come back into play with the exit of Willie? Uh, how well do you predict Norville and company will address this issue, uh, even if it, ex if it even exists in the coming years? Well, uh, my guess is that they probably will not do better at Armwood than they were doing um, because it seemed like the Armwood curse had basically gone away under Willie, uh, and they're not really in it for a Jai Hall at this point, who is your you know, other kid there this year. Um, I, well, I don't want to say it's going to come back. I, I don't have any reason to think it's going to come back. I, I in, some part, I always thought it was a bit of a, a myth that had some reasons behind it. Uh, but my guess is if it comes, it'll probably come back into play in terms of message board uh, lore a little bit more than it did under Willie, just because 
I don't know that you have anybody on the staff who's quite as good Tampa-wise. Like, that last staff was very good in the Tampa area. Um, you know, like they had dudes with, with big-time connections there, and that's where a lot of them recruited the heck out of when they were at USF and came back for it at Oregon. And prior to that, had been at Western Kentucky and done a really good job with it. So I don't think it'll come back. But, uh, yeah, if you're new to the show, for the Armwood curse, how do we explain this? Basically, like Florida State had not signed – a major prospect out of Armwood in what, 10 years, maybe like like a solid decade yeah, or 15. 10 plus years, yeah. yeah. And Armwood is a school that wins and or contends for state titles year in and year out. I mean, they're, it, it's, it's not too often that Armwood is not at least in the Final Four in the state in, in a pretty high classification. They're, for instance, like they lost uh, one year pretty, pretty memorably to Dalvin Cook's Miami Central team. You know, I was I was there for that one. They, they're they're a very good, very good program. Um, but I I don't think it'll come back hard necessarily. And you just have to recruit it well. You have to put a good product on the field, and you have to make sure that you're committed to winning and and uh, and playing the game. Uh, Kyle asks a quick question that popped into my head. I think would be fun for each member of uh, this recruiting class, and that is, where would you two put the over-under on the career starts uh, for each member of this class. It's an interesting way of looking at it, Kyle. Um, something we might, something might be better to do in the in the look back pod. But uh, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a really good. Uh, it'd be a fun little game to play. That is that is a good game to play. By the way, we have the snap count data now, so we will be doing our recap of our freshman playing time draft, which. I don't know. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think there was some uh, some coin on the line for charity on that too. We'll have to go back and look at the exact there details, was. but uh, that'll be that'll be fun to go back and do here uh, once we get through the the final little part of recruiting season. All right. Um, so Kyle, we very much appreciate the question. Uh, let's get to the et cetera portion here of the show, uh, et cetera. We have two items today, unless you have more. Uh, Donna Shalala is worried about coaching salaries and uh you think congress can uh, can can do something to to help her out here and, and, and maybe help help the canes out well uh, uh donna shalala in case you're not familiar is has become an influential uh member of the political world since uh formerly being president of miami uh yeah yeah no this isn't gonna work this isn't gonna work for a variety of issues uh you could certainly make a quick quip about hey maybe there's more important things uh that congress could be focused on right now um and you'd be right and you could also say that hey look even if this were to become a thing and it won't you're still gonna see the same thing i mean <laughs> you know georgia would find a way to make it um hmm, maybe a little bit more uh competitive for you from an off the books type of situation uh if schools have a x amount of money that they want to spend towards the pursuit of football uh history has taught us they will find a way to do it and it may not be something that officially shows up on a tax document if you know what i mean uh but funds will be spent and uh people that want to play ball at the highest level are uh, going to find the way to spend the money associated with that pursuit uh completely agree it's also there's like antitrust issues here uh anti-competitive measures probably not really going to fly uh at this point i don't think you're going to regulate these uh these coaching calories although I did put this out on Twitter. Um, if you want to, to reduce some coaching salaries, one of the ways you could do it is by 
giving some money to the people who actually make these coaches that valuable, and that would be the players. Mm. Um, so, anyway, um, let me see here. Oh, the other item. Uh, Georgia reported that it had a $119 million budget surplus in the last four seasons. Holy cow. Nuts. Nuts. I mean, I yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to quantify some of the money that's going through the SEC right now. And I know people hate it when we talk like this, and it's not a lot of fun uh, to have kind of the internal conversation before you do it on the pod. It's only going in one direction, folks. I mean, some of this new TV money that's coming in uh, tied to the SEC, that's going to be it's going to be a tough thing to compete. And in many ways, you're it's almost two different levels of the sport being played or, or college sports being played. It's nuts, man. So uh, Georgia uh, reported that it spent three point seven million dollars on football recruiting uh, for the twenty nineteen class and. Uh, that is pretty crazy to me because looking through this, I think they only signed one, two, three. I guess I'll count him four. Out of Georgia's 25 players that they signed, four were from outside of the Southeast in the 2019 class. And they spent $3.7 million on recruiting and also – they had an increase in support staff budget of two point two million. Did you see that in that article? This is on the mm-hmm. AJC, by the way. I want to cite I want to cite this correctly. Now they don't say if that two point two million dollar increase in spending for support staff was overall or football. I think it's overall. So like that's probably across all their sports. I don't think they had a two point two million dollar increase in support staff from 2018 to 2019 just for football that would be i mean i don't know nuts yeah that would be yeah. essentially hiring 40 more people if you if you figure fifty thousand dollars a year or 20 if, if you're figuring 100 100k uh i mean there's no way that that's got to be across all sports but that's still pretty amazing um oh no sorry that's a 3.7 million dollar increase in football recruiting spending. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 silly numbers. Uh Georgia has, has kind of entered into uh into the silly money arena that you know there's only a couple other schools that really can compete with them and this just kind of highlights that. Uh, so, uh good for them. Good for them and gives you an idea as to kind of where the playing field is on some of the schools that you at least in theory would like to be uh directly recruiting against. No doubt. Um, okay. Uh, last item here is that we do have our Patreon page. We very much appreciate all of our, our patrons who uh, send us questions, who sign up to be uh, premier members. That's patreon.com slash Nolcast. And if you want to give us a review on iTunes, uh, please do so as well. Five stars are always appreciated. You help keep us up really high in the rankings. Uh, Ingram and I were just going over some numbers last night. We're happy to report that, uh, Again, we had our best year ever, which has happened every single year we've ever had the show. And I uh, literally just had our best January ever. Uh, so very close to hitting a pretty cool milestone, too, as far as a, a per-show unique listener basis. Very excited there. And uh, look, this show is successful because of y'all. Y'all are passionate about it. When when we get hyped, y'all feel we, you can trust what we're saying. When, when, when we don't, y'all you know get mad at us, but you can also still hopefully trust it. 
and uh, just bigger and better things, in my opinion, going forward in the future.